Hello and welcome to The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Aoife Barry, standing in for Sinead O'Carroll, and this week we're looking at why is Ireland delaying the reopening of pubs again? Pubs, they're an integral part of Irish culture and the Irish economy. Since the introduction of COVID-19 restrictions in March, the reopening of the closed pubs has been a contentious issue. On the 29th of June, certain pubs were allowed to reopen, once they provided people with €9 substantial meals and only let punters stay for 105 minutes. The remainder of the pubs, those that don't serve food, remained closed. The date for reopening was set to be in phase four of the country's reopening, which would have kicked in on the 10th of August. But on Tuesday night, Cabinet made its decision about what was going to happen. And before Cabinet met, it got advice from the National Public Health Emergency Team, or NEFIT, which urged a very cautious approach to Phase 4. And indeed, it was confirmed that Phase 4 won't be kicking in on the 10th of August, and those pubs that don't serve food won't be opened. So, what does this decision mean for pubs and for Ireland? And how have other countries done this? On this week's episode of The Explainer, our political correspondent Christina Finn and reporter Sean Murray join us to talk through this topic. So, Christina, I'll go to you first. On Tuesday night, Cabinet made its latest decision about phase four. What did it decide? Yeah, well, basically, yesterday, the government decided against allowing pubs that don't serve food to reopen on the 10th of August, as you said. So delaying that reopening for a second time, which means that hotel bars, nightclubs, casinos, they'll all just be remaining closed. And the decision will be reviewed again um, on the 31st of August. So, yes, a really big shock, I think, to a lot of people in the industry. Um, Other few decisions were made also in relation to the green list, outdoor congregations and also face masks. Indeed and we can get to those in a bit. But first, do we know why Cabinet made its decision about phase four on Tuesday night? Was it all down to that advice from the National Public Health Emergency Team or was there more to it? Yeah, well, it's really a case of a balancing act for the government. Um, From speaking to a number of ministers, the number one priority for the government at the moment is the reopening of schools in September. And the government um, has published the advice that NEFIT did uh, give to Cabinet this week in relation to the reopening of Phase 4. And the Chief Medical Officer, Dr Ronan Glynn, did uh, tell the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, and the Taoiseach and the ministers that there were significant and growing concerns that they were seeing. Um, So despite, I suppose, that there is no such evidence in Ireland at the moment that clusters are associated with pubs and restaurants, the Taoiseach did cite that there was some sort of international evidence um, that would suggest that opening up such uh, settings will bring about a spike in numbers. And going into September, that is just something that the government didn't want to deal with at the moment. They're very much focused on getting children back into the classrooms and dealing with clusters and spikes is something a number of ministers have said to me that perhaps this is a case of kicking the can down the road, that ultimately if pubs and uh, other uh, measures in phase four are brought in, there will be significant uh, possible outbreaks in, in workplaces and, and other settings. But the big focus really is getting the children back into the classrooms and um, you know getting them back into education. And do we know then if this decision regarding phase four, whether it was unanimous? 
Yeah, well, there was a bit of discussion. Um, I think up until last week, a few ministers were actually quite hopeful looking at the numbers that there could have been some sort of tweaking to allow the pubs to reopen in terms of there was definitely a, a prospect of discussing, you know, the limitation on times, booking in, um, ensuring that the social distancing was adhered to, stronger enforcement. So there was that sort of hopeful um a bit of hope there perhaps last week that it could uh, get the green light but um around the cabinet table yesterday a few ministers from the west uh, i understand were perhaps asking was there any sort of tweaking that could be done in terms of rural pubs they're, you know they're not uh, perhaps the larger restaurants or the larger gastro pubs that perhaps Neffet was concerned about, you know, the the small rural pub where just a few locals pop in uh, for a pint. They were perhaps looking that there could be something done there. But ultimately, the, the government did decide to side with um, Ronan Glynn and Neffet's advice that it, it just wasn't for now in terms of um, pushing ahead with that reopening. Um, I, I think there'll be a, a huge amount of pushback against the government in relation to this. Um, I think Michael Healy Ray from from Kerry has raised that that exact argument that was that was also said at the cabinet table in terms of the differential between I suppose cabinet pubs in the capital, the 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 larger um, businesses uh, versus what he would argue is you know a really good community hub for people in those rural settings and, and very important perhaps for people's mental health at this time. Is, was there much unease amongst those rural TDs and ministers about this, about the fact that, like you say, the pub reopening doesn't necessarily just affect those going for a pint in their local, but the people who own those pubs that have been closed for a good number of months now? Well, yeah, there's going to be huge headaches for them in terms of their constituents. These people have had their businesses effectively closed since March. And yes, there are supports there for businesses out there. Um, they're not specific to publicans. And that was something that was raised with the Tánis de of Radker yesterday. He wouldn't really be drawn on it exactly, but he did say that um, ministers were being tasked with looking at the specific sector in pubs and hospitality and what supports they might need going forward if their pubs and businesses remain closed. Because yes, there are uh, breaks in commercial rates and there's low interest loans and all the rest to help the significant number of businesses that aren't pubs that are being affected by this pandemic. There will need, I think, be uh, to be specific measures for pubs if they are to continue to stay closed. And yes, those cabinet ministers will obviously want to ensure that they get um, the, the money for that from government um, because they will definitely be hearing it on the doorsteps um, ar- around the country because I think they're, you know, you're talking about over 3,000 businesses that will continue to have their doors shut now uh, until the end of this month at least. Let's go back briefly to the reasons that the government gave for that delaying of the reopening of pubs. What did they say? Yeah, well, basically the teacher was saying their international advice is that when you see other countries around Europe reopen some of their pubs, there are clusters and spikes associated with that. And I don't think they're willing to take that risk at the moment as we head towards September with the, with the schools reopening. But it has been pointed out that there hasn't been any evidence relating to Ireland as such, uh, even with the restaurants and the pubs that have reopened um, serving food, there haven't been any significant spikes or clustered associated with those businesses. So obviously that is something that 
these businesses are going to grasp on um, in terms of why they feel hard done by um, because they have to remain closed. And that's something that ministers have said to me, that they know it is unwelcome. They know that um, restaurants and pubs feel targeted, given that there haven't been any significant clusters associated with their businesses. But ultimately, they said this is a pandemic at the moment. They are trying to take the cautious approach um, and, and they really just want to, I think, coast along, see how the numbers go, get the kids back into school, and then we'll see where we're at in terms of reopening the rest of the economy. So what has the acting chief medical officer, Ronan Glynn, said about the pub reopening? Yeah, well, and he recommended that the pub should basically remain closed because he says it poses a particular risk to the spread of COVID-19 because alcohol obviously can make people less aware of social distancing and the hygiene behaviours. Um, so he was recommending that pubs or bars that they were kind of small enough with perhaps poor ventilation that it was just perhaps too much of a risk now at this point to push ahead with the reopening um it said when pubs do reopen the wearing of face coverings should be mandatory for members of staff unless there is a partition between the staff so there's a number of recommendations that he made uh, in terms of uh, of the reasoning for not pushing ahead with phase four of the reopening. Obviously, as well, he said that nightclubs and discos, they should remain closed until at least uh, the 31st of August. So there, there doesn't seem to be any hope of, of uh, people getting out onto the dance floor anytime soon. Uh, and basically, as well, there was concern raised about um, the, the number of young people. Um, well, he didn't want to demonize young people he said a lot of them were adhering to the social distancing rules there were concerns about the numbers um aged under 45 that were presenting um in the last number of weeks and obviously reopening the pubs um in august there was fear that if there was going to be a lot of young people attending um and going out at the weekends that this would perhaps result in a spike just ahead of September when obviously the focus for the government is getting those schools reopened and those children's back into the classroom. So what's needed then for the pubs to reopen? Um, I understand in three weeks they're going to be reassessing the situation. So what's needed then for the pubs to reopen? Yeah, I, that was a question that was posed uh, to Ronan Glynn yesterday. I think it's got to the point where the, the phase four has been delayed um, for a second time now. And people are kind of looking for, well, what exactly are we working towards here? What's the figure that Dr. Ronan Glynn wants to hit on a daily basis for us to be able to progress onto the next phase? Uh, back in April, um, the health minister, Simon Harris, at the time had said that ICU capacity, the reproduction rate of the virus and the overall rate of growth were three of the key criteria that would be looked at in terms of moving from phase to phase. But at the moment, I suppose we have, you know, there's today there's six people in ICU. That's very low in comparison to where we were at the peak. There's 17 people in hospital and there was one new admission to ICU in the last 24 hours um, associated with COVID-19. And Ronan Glynn did say yesterday that the level of community transmission is very low and is stable. Um, but when it was pushed as, as to what we need to do or, or where we need to go, he said he didn't have that that one magic number or that one answer to give people about what target uh, he wants to hit, which is, I think, 
a bit difficult for people to accept at this point in time, particularly perhaps the publicans and the restaurants in, in terms of their businesses remaining closed because with anything, it's difficult to move down a path without having some sort of goal or target in mind of what you're trying to achieve. So before we leave you, Christina, you mentioned at the top there that there were some other decisions that were made at that cabinet meeting last night. Could you briefly run through what those were for us? Yeah, well, the interesting one, I think that kind of was mentioned off the cuff and we that we were we questioned the Taoiseach a bit on it was the uh, the 11 o'clock um, closure times for pubs that already serve food and also those restaurants. Uh, at the moment, the licensing laws say that uh, restaurants can continue to serve, uh, to stay open until um, 12.30 in most instances and even up to one o'clock at the weekends. There was huge backlash against that last night because that, did come out of nowhere. Uh, the restaurateurs saying they were not consulted uh, about basically having all their um, customers out the door with shutters down at 11 o'clock, saying that that's going to seriously impact their business. Now, on the flip side, the ministers have said this, uh, Neff had actually wanted to close um, restaurants and those pubs serving food a lot earlier at 10.30pm. There was a bit of discussion at Cabinet around that and government decided to tweak that Neff advice and push it on to 11 o'clock because they felt that would give at least two sittings for a for a restaurant to hold um other than that obviously there was a few other interesting nuggets in terms of the number of people that are allowed to gather outdoors at organized events that's staying at 200 it had been uh, hoped that uh, it would be pushed up to 500 Michal Martin kind of indicated in the doll uh, last week that he had a lot of um correspondence from people about GAA matches and the need for uh, the GAA being such a vital part for rural communities and mental health that nobody could actually attend these games. While it was great to have the players back training, um, it, it was seriously curtailed having 200 people uh, just allowed to attend those events, particularly when you bring in that, uh, I think, ground staff and all the rest were kind of included in that number. That doesn't just include the audience uh, that are, are are watching on. So um, unfortunately, those sporting events um, will still remain limited down to the 200 number. There was no change with that. Um, and then also, obviously, the green list that a lot of people were watching last week um there was five countries taken off that. And then also there was the announcement about the face masks, which was announced a number of weeks ago, uh, saying that they were mandatory in shops and shopping centres. But basically um, the legislation, I think, to underpin that has now kind of been tweaked and worked on and that actually will be kicking on, uh, kicking in officially uh, from Monday. Sean, let's go to you now. Um, we do have guidelines from Fall to Ireland for the pubs that are allowed to open. Can you run us through what these guidelines say? So yeah, Falter Ireland in June published the guidelines around pubs that serve food. And as you say, this guidance doesn't apply to the pubs that haven't reopened yet, simply because there's no guidance there finalised. Um, so, so under the guidelines for these pubs, uh, customers can spend a maximum of one hour, 45 minutes in the pub. They have to have a substantial meal costing at least nine euro. Pubs should give an extra 15 minutes either side of you leaving and the next person coming into your table. That's for things like to just wash down the tables, make sure they're as disinfected as possible and make sure there's no mixing between your group and the next person that comes in. They need to take contact details for the lead person in each group. So if a family of four were to go for a pub, they need to take the contact details of at least one of those people just in case one of them was someone in the pub was later to be diagnosed with COVID-19 for contact tracing purposes. Two meter distancing is advised, but one meter is allowed in certain um, circumstances. 
once kind of other mitigation requirements haven't met, this is things like additional signage and strict queuing and limitation systems in bathrooms. So it's, it's quite different to the pubs that we know. Now, the two vintners representative bodies in the country have no doubt commented on the current situation, which is that some pubs are able to reopen and some are going to stay closed for the time being. What have those bodies been saying? So like throughout the crisis, we've always been hearing from the Vintners Federation of Ireland and the Licensed Vintners Association. They're the, the Vintners Associations represent both Dublin and then the rest of the country. And if we've ever heard them on our airwaves, we know that they don't mince their words. And given that the news from government this week has been such a body blow for the industry, um, there's, it's no surprise that they haven't minced their words this time either. Um, in a joint statement, they said that the government had abandoned the three and a half thousand smaller pubs across the country. They said that there was now intolerable pressure, which was their words, on publicans, staff, suppliers and their families. And um, I, I think Christina mentioned it earlier on about how the government does have sympathy for people in the pub industry. But the publican said that well, well the, the sympathy won't save businesses and it won't save jobs. And they, they spoke of fury and despair among publicans. And I, I think there's this quote from uh, Donald O'Keefe. So he's chief executive of the Licensed Vintners Association, which represents Dublin pubs. He sums it up quite well. He said, we're repeatedly being told that opening the pubs could lead to an increase in the virus. Well, when will that not be the case? Was that not a potential issue as the other phases too? With NFET always urging caution, when will this government ever reopen pubs? And I, I think this fear of if the government will ever reopen pubs is a very is a very real fear for many right now. So very strong words from the vintners bodies there. I'm sure the pub owners have plenty to say as well. I know you've been speaking to some of them. What have pub owners been telling you, Sean, about this situation? Well, like as I said, the, the vintners used words like fury and despair, and that, that would chime in with what, what I've heard. Um, I've spoken to Ronan Lynch, who's from the Swan Pub in Dublin City Centre, and that'd be an old pub, a very popular pub. I've spoken to him a couple of times over the, over the course of the last few months, uh, and each time there's been that kind of sense of being left behind by the government. Like the, we see now that they're one of the last industries that will get to reopen, yet they, they have no guidance on how they can reopen whenever that eventually is we still don't know they have no details of the kind of supports that they've been calling for they're they're frustrated everyone in the in the industry is frustrated they all understand that there's a pandemic on but they're looking at other industries that have opened up effectively they've seen as christina uh, alluded to earlier on that there hasn't been many uh, cases or outbreaks linked to linked to pubs and restaurants that have reopened yet so there's a sense of the sense of frustration, sense of despair. Like I've heard phrases from publicans like they've been thrown under a bus and there's there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Like they have staff and they have suppliers and they have families and they're, they're just kind of worried for the future at this stage. So a lot of kind of the situation with, with COVID-19, with the coronavirus at the moment is looking, you know, from one country to another to see, comparing how countries are doing and seeing what can we learn from other countries. So let's take a look at how other countries have been dealing with this pub and by extension nightclub issue as well, because some places have opened nightclubs. Let's start with South Korea. You've been looking at what they've been doing there in terms of pub reopening. I think it's one example that a lot of us would have heard of um, when, when it comes to pubs and nightclubs reopening. So um, South Korea had their first case of COVID in, in January, which is quite a long time ago now, one, one of the first countries. And they were kind of dealing with it quite well. But then there was this one cluster that seemed to spread very, very quickly. And it was linked to just one man, a man in his late 20s, who had visited five nightclubs and bars in the capital Seoul. It was believed that thousands of people could have come into contact with him across the venues that he was in that night. 
and it led to the shutting of all bars and clubs in Seoul and the city mayor saying that it was carelessness that had led to an explosion in infections, which is what they described. Um, South Korea is quite lucky in a sense that it has very, very robust contract tracing and its handling of the outbreak was, was effective. And they have since been able to reopen clubs and bars in, in other parts of South Korea where there's kind of strict inspectorate. There's inspectors going in to make sure that they're adhering to the guidelines. Like the, the country itself has been doing well with COVID, but that's one example of where the actions of one individual, in this case, just one man going into pubs and clubs had had, had a massive effect. Right, let's take a whistle-stop tour of a few other countries. Let's go to the UK first and what they're doing there with regard to pubs. Well, well, there's a lot of similarities in terms of hygiene and distancing in the UK pubs, but there's also uh, quite a few differences as well. Um, pubs in England, Scotland and Wales can reopen without the need to serve food. But it's actually the case in Northern Ireland. They follow the example of here, where you have to have food if you go in for, for a pint. So they're the same in that regard. Um, England, they actually go a bit further. So table service is only recommended in England where possible. So it w- it could be possible that you could walk into a bar in certain parts of England and walk up to the bar and get a point. Whereas in Ireland, it, it has to be table service. And already in England, we've seen a number of pubs close after customers tested positive for COVID-19 in, in a few different counties like Somerset and West Yorkshire and Hampshire. It's all been kind of small outbreaks linked to cases there. And it's just in the last few days in Scotland, a cluster of over 30 cases was linked to a bar in Aberdeen. And that has led to further lockdown measures being put in place in Aberdeen because of the clusters associated with pubs. And what are they doing over in Spain then with regard to pub reopening? Well, it, well, in Barcelona, nightclubs are shut and bars are being told that they must shut at midnight. There's a, there's a big fear in, in not just Spain, but in, in other parts of Europe about people congregating in nightclubs or in bars or even outdoors. So authorities in Spain say that any cases that are linked to discos or, or nightclubs usually lead to a further expansion in cases. It won't be just an isolated few cases. If if they've been to a nightclub, they'll usually find more. Uh, there was another example in France where a student who had no symptoms and later developed them a few days later, he went to a nightclub in northwestern France, and that led to over 70 cases being identified and linked back. Uh, to, to that by officials. In, in Hamburg, they've even taken the step of banning the sale of alcohol in shops past 8pm to try and deter revelers from gathering and, go, and going out and not following the guidance. And finally, let's go from Europe over to the US. How are things going there with regards to reopening bars? Well, like, as we know, the US never had a kind of nationwide shutdown the way other countries in Europe and the rest of the world did. It was uh, mainly on a state-by-state basis. But even in places that maybe closed and then reopened again, we're seeing examples of of clusters and and, and sometimes in very large numbers linked to people frequenting bars and nightclubs. In one case in Louisiana, there was at least 100 cases linked back to students who frequented some some of the popular bars at Louisiana State University. But when we're talking about American examples, we should bear in mind that in the likes of the US, the virus is far more rampant among the population there than it is here right now. So if we were going to cite that as an example for what could happen here, we're ignoring the fact that the virus is far more spread within the community there. So a lot of this really is about balancing risk, you know, when we're talking about reopening uh, bars and pubs. And what are the risks that are being taken into account when it comes to reopening them in Ireland? Like what would the government be looking at when it comes to the types of risks that we're talking about? Well, well, the government has said that they're looking at uh, the example internationally, and we've just talked about it a bit there. Um, the health minister, Stephen Donnelly, has been speaking in the last few days. He said that the experience internationally is that when pubs reopen, the number of cases in an area goes up. 
but that's not been the case with restaurants and restaurants have been open for, for some time now. Um, like he and other ministers have said that while they have sympathy with publicans, it's, it's getting schools open. That's the priority. Um, there, there was a famous line as well from uh, Dr. Tony Houlihan, who was the chief medical officer in June. He emphasized that, like this kind of idea strongly. He said that pubs reopening wouldn't mean that fellas having a few pints and a packet of peanuts is what you'd be seeing. It, the, the kind of the pubs that we we remember and that we know before now won't, won't be coming back in the same form, at least not for a while. Um, just speaking on Morning Ireland this week, uh, Dr. Dr. Kim Roberts, so she's an assistant professor of virology at Trinity, insisted that attending pubs and nightclubs are a significant risky activity for the transmission of the virus because you're indoors and people are packed together. And sure, we know ourselves, it, it, all the popular pubs that we know of a Friday night or a Saturday night, we know before before the arrival of the virus that these would be packed and, and that that is the fear that people will congregate in these settings and COVID can spread. So, Sean, a lot of the kind of consideration around reopening, you know, doesn't just involve pubs, it involves, you know, the reopening of other sectors, for example, schools and kind of balancing, you know, what should be opened first, what should stay closed, etc. Do we know a lot about the discussion and, you know, the reasoning behind different sectors opening at different times? The government hasn't as yet made the distinction that, okay, we to open schools, we need to keep pubs closed. They're always framing it in terms of risk. What, what will increase the risk of the virus spreading? And what we're hearing now from the government is that by opening the pubs, we're risking the virus spreading even more. And that just happens to be coming at the same time when the main priority is to open schools back up. Uh, at a Department of Health briefing I was at last month, Dr. Ronald Glynn said that like we've been following this advice for so long, we have to keep following it for the sake of the children who need to go back to school, which is quite quite strong, strong way of putting it. Um, that idea of framing it as pubs v schools has already been done in the UK. There was a scientist who advises the British government, Professor Graham Medley. He told the BBC at the weekend that there may need to be what he called a trade-off with the opening of schools, seeing as the priority ahead of the opening of other things, such as pubs. Um, like There's uh, interesting ways of framing the debate. There was uh, an epidemiologist at Boston University. Her name is Helen Jenkins. She had a viral tweet around this concept, and she's basically making the point that if opening the schools is the priority, you can't do that alongside opening up all these other things that raise the risk because opening schools will raise the risk but so will opening pubs and so will opening this and opening that so so what she said was i propose that we need to look at all the things that we want to reopen and face the fact that if we truly want to prioritize schools opening and staying open some other parts of society might just have to wait and that's what we're kind of seeing play out here if the priority is schools then the other things that haven't reopened yet which is in this case pubs might have to wait but, but there is an alternative way of looking at it. Um, uh, Mike Ryan, who we, we might recognize the executive director of the World Health Organization, and he's, he's Irish as well. He told RT earlier this week that measures that are localized, so rather than at a national level, could be effective here. So that could be the case of, could be Limerick, could be parts of Kerry, could be parts of Dublin. If there's an outbreak, very localized, and if we have the right tools to manage them, if we have the right contact tracing, if we have the right way of testing and the right way of managing it, maybe if we shut those down at a local level and allow the rest of the country to operate as close to normal as we are, that could be a way of doing it. And he had the, he actually had this quite um, interesting way of putting it. He said, if you're going to say there's no need to leave the building because there's one room burning, then you absolutely have to trust that the fire service can put out the fire in that one room. So it's a really interesting dynamic for the government when, when it comes to it, are we going to say that We'll, we have the tools and we're able to 
to tackle these outbreaks in a very small location if we need to? Or are we going to like make a blanket decision, which is the decision we have right now, that all pubs will stay closed to, in order that we can get the virus down? Well, it remains to be seen what will happen then with the reopening of the pubs, but let's stay tuned for that review in three weeks. Thanks so much, Christina Finn and Sean Murray for bringing us up to date with what's happening with the reopening of pubs in Ireland. Thanks for listening to The Explainer and thank you to Christina and Sean for their work on this episode. You'll find lots more content on COVID-19 in our back catalogue of episodes. That includes looking at what Ireland's plan for reopening schools is and how does it compare to other countries, why are tourists able to visit Ireland right now and how close is a COVID-19 vaccine. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to, we'd love if you rated us five stars on Apple Podcasts and shared your favourite episodes with your friends. This episode was produced and presented by me, Aoife Barry, with executive producer Christine Bone and assistant producer and tech operator Nikki Ryan. Thanks for listening.